0: Well, 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 good afternoon and welcome. Midweek Wednesday, boy, oh boy, it's sweltering hot out there. (laughs) That's right. The troops are not very comfortable. Well, you know, uh, there has been a lot said about this breaking a record here in the city, as Danny just mentioned. 34 right now on the waterfront with the humidex. It's like the surface of the sun. Uh, There's not even a number to equate it with at this point. Uh, I think, what did he say, 42 or something like that? Okay, so, you know, it's like Qatar in uh, the very middle of the summer. Unbelievable. But uh, hey, this is what we find ourselves in and we've got to cope. And uh, which is easy for us to say we're in an air conditioned building. Uh, You know, it's not like we're actually doing some roofing work or putting pink foam insulation in an attic somewhere. (laughs) So and those, by the way, those jobs under the labor code, uh, you can't keep those people on that job on that job site. Like, if you can find the people to do them to begin with, you could not keep those people on that job site. That's the point I'm making.
1: I wish I had known that that summer I spent doing drywall during a heat wave.
0: Well, you see, I guess the foreman or whoever was in charge never really gave you the true dope on what was going on. And uh, this is why the labor code kicks in and you can refuse work if it's too darn hot. (laughs) So what's our excuse? We're here till seven. (laughs) Right. Uh, On a technicality, we could just get up and walk, I believe. It's too hot. However, because uh, I noticed, you know, outside we've got some contract work going on, some uh, construction here. A condo,
1: I think they're building something, like a condo right in front of us here. A
0: big building is going yeah. up. Yeah, and there are some heavy machinery, and we've seen that uh, this stuff is now ground to a halt. Nobody is operating it, which means either it's too hot or they've all taken Neo Citrin, and they're not allowed. You can't operate heavy equipment, you understand. It says so in the fine print on the back of the package. You could look it up. However, uh, where was I? I was just discussing how hot it was, wasn't I? And uh, where this is getting to be a concern or consideration. By the way, on this matter of uh, too hot to work and so on, can't find people to actually work, that is a problem in this country. I was reading a a rather interesting article where a lot of businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, can't fill the roster. And as a result, the work doesn't get done, or at least they can't expand. They they can't uh, be as productive as they need to be which I'm going to bring up with my Wednesday panel, Ernie Eaves, John Turley-Ewart, and Buzz Hargrove. Amongst other things, there's so much to address in uh, Hour 3. I just wanted to set the table for you here as we uh, work our way through the program, but uh, these are some of the things. The NAFTA thing is still going on. It's uh, resumed after a hiatus of four days. You know, I'm also interested because Buzz Hargrove has a lot of experience in negotiation, having been the president of the Canadian Auto Workers Union. And uh, just the dynamic of what that involves when it gets down to the 11th hour, as we're led to believe uh, we're in the throes of something now that has a timeline on it. It's been extended out to September 30th, if this is going to be something that'll be greenlit by Congress. So they blew through Friday's deadline imposed by Trump. But the new deadline is the uh, 30th of September, if Congress is on board. So we'll have to wait and see. But Canada's standing firm now, believing, I guess, some of the momentum or leverage has switched to us because there have been things said by Congress people. listen to me, uh, congressmen, as well as, uh, well, the head of the AFL-CIO, the big labor union in the U.S. of A., saying, you know, you got to include Canada. Otherwise, uh, we're going to penalize a lot of consumers as well as workers on this side of the border. Now, Justin Trudeau weighed in earlier today saying that a mechanism some kind of a mechanism has to exist to keep Donald Trump in line. We need to
1: keep the Chapter 19 dispute resolution because that ensures that the rules are actually followed, and we know we have a president who doesn't always uh, follow the rules as they're, uh, as they're laid out.
0: All right. <laughs> Shh, not so loud. It was like he was speaking with his shirt over the phone or something like that. He didn't want Trump to hear, so uh, I guess he's inside his head. However, uh, Trudeau does go on to say uh, he's not about to make any concessions on the matter of cultural exemptions.
1: Ensuring that we continue to control our news, our broadcast, our our, uh, our airwaves uh, and our, our media is uh, really you well, keep it in canada and independent uh, is really important to us and i think that's that's something that all canadians get so we're going to continue to be constructive and thoughtful and and you know we you're focused on getting to the right deal around the table, but we're not going to accept that uh, we should have to sign a bad deal uh, just because the president wants that. Uh, we'll walk away uh, and not sign a deal rather than sign a bad deal for Canadians.
0: All right, walking away. Uh, I'm wondering, now he's digging in his heels, being that obdurate, is that going to work in our favor? I mean, uh, how have they handled that whole thing with the Kinder Morgan pipeline? <laughs> so. And by the way, when he talks about cultural industries, you know, that uh, we don't want any incursion of uh, Americans into our, say, our broadcasting system and so on and so forth, it can work both ways. You know, our Canadian friend Mark Stein, who's going to join us after 5 o'clock, he's lighting up the board stateside. Uh, He's replacing Rush Limbaugh when Limbaugh's away, hosting that show. Uh, He's done umpteen appearances on Fox of late, but he's going to join us after 5 o'clock because there have been some interesting developments stateside. I don't know if you're following this. uh, the hearings into Brett Kavanaugh, the next Supreme Court uh, nominee Trump put forward. I mean, it's a crap show. Basically, in the Senate, uh, some of the things, people are chirping, there's heckling going on. It's like the second show when people are drunk at a comedy nightclub. You know, it's uh, about 1130 and everybody's into their cups just yelling stuff out. And uh, this is the the dent of these hearings. And uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, it was just last week, wasn't it? We heard all these uh, noble aspirations that civility has to return to our public discourse and yada, yada. This was during the McCain funeral. You know, like hands across the partisan divide and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That lasted about uh, less than a half a fortnight. So this is why I'm kind of curious with Stein weighing in. He's always full value. He's going to join us after 5 o'clock. We've got our panel, of course, topics worthy of discussion. It was interesting because uh, our friend Tom Parkin on the panel, along with Dan Moulton and uh, Anthony Fury from The Sun, he wrote a piece in the sun today, this was parking about uh, how everybody else seems to be blaming each other on this pipeline fiasco, the Kinder Morgan deal. And uh, whereas the fault may lay uh, with the politicians of all stripe. Now Rachel Notley, she's the premier out in Alberta. She was the one who actually sought some kind of social license, saying, "I'll impose a carbon tax, but we're getting this pipeline built." So it's a quid pro quo kind of idea, you know, a trade off, and uh, you give up something, but we're going to get something in return. Well, apparently. The naysayers against the pipeline, those kinds of folks, they didn't care a whit about this carbon tax she had imposed, you know, on Trudeau's directive after all. But she also says she agrees that Indigenous groups must be consulted, but when all said and done, this pipeline also has to be built.
1: We absolutely cannot be held hostage to a regulatory merry-go-round that never ends. We must be able to move forward in a timely way. And so what I plan to do today is uh, to speak uh, uh, pretty substantially with the prime minister about the best strategies going forward.
0: All right, well, (laughs) okay. Uh, Obstructionism seems to be the order of the day, though. And you see this play out in so many different uh, venues or uh, forums. And, you know, I was talking about today, the uh, hearings for the Supreme Court Justice stateside. Here in Ontario, uh, Doug Ford, the Ford government's being taken to court by the teachers' union. We discussed that yesterday when we had the head of the elementary teachers' union on. This was Sam Hammond. Uh, They believe this case belongs in court because it endangers the kids. And then I guess uh, Ford also being sued by the city of Toronto, or at least they're taking this case to court because uh, they believe that reducing counsel from 47 down to 25 is a subversion of democracy and I guess puts kids in danger too. Why not throw that one in there as well? Wow. Uh, all these things, topics worthy of discussion coming up on the program with Mark Stein, with our panel, with Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove, and John Turley-York, and you as well. I wanted you to weigh in. You know, when it comes to the kids, this is the issue, because, you know, once you play the kid card, uh, it's pretty hard to argue against it. And this is where we find ourselves today with this sweltering heat wave and the kids back at school, as of yesterday. I mean, did they complete the school day today here schools are letting out and maybe your kid is nothing more than a puddle or a grease spot on the sidewalk waiting for you to pick them up? I mean, the intolerable heat, the argument being made that many of these schools in Ontario, but principally around the GTA are in such a state of disrepair. uh, There's no AC blowing through the vent system. Uh, The roofs are caving in kids being splashed with uh, hot tar or asphalt. Didn't that happen last year in a gymnasium where some of the the tar melted, leaked through the roof? They're in such a state of disrepair. And the Ford government has cut back by $100 million school repairs in a province. Well, and so uh, I know there are a lot of activists right now and uh, concerned parents, if you will, talking about this, including the NDP's Merritt Stiles, who I guess is the NDP's education critic, She's been on this program a number of times. She says kids cannot be expected to learn if the classrooms are at a sweltering temperature. In that kind of heat, I don't think it matters what you're teaching kids because they're not learning anything. I do think that the government is using some of this. Uh, It's part of a deal that Doug Ford made with a lot of social conservatives going into the last election. It is not the priority that most families in Ontario have Uh, and if we want our kids. kids to really learn math we need to have them learning in a comfortable environment where they're not worrying about sweltering in the fall and the spring and freezing in the winter all right i wanted to pick that up with you as a first order of business here on the wednesday edition if you believe that uh this is something that doug ford has betrayed the parents and the children of the province of ontario by cutting back the hundred million dollars on school repairs uh, you know it's funny because this money doesn't grow on trees And uh, at some point, there's a finite amount. Now, I I understand you have to prioritize. And are the kids the first priority? Or is it reducing the deficit, the debt, trying to put a dent in that, uh, economize? Is this a sacrifice we cannot be making? Can the kids swelter for a day or two? It's supposed to cool off by certainly week's end. We're about uh, 48 hours away from moderate temperatures. I mean, I'm just trying to think of whether or not back in the day we were made of sterner stuff. Yeah, don't you remember you get a little bit of tar on you, you melt the roof caves in on you? These were character building exercises. <laughs> well, we're still here to talk about it, so evidently we've survived. But you know, uh not everybody had AC back in the day. You know, these little one-room schoolhouses, uh how did they manage? I mean, there was not AC blowing through the inter- you know, on the, the the little prairie whatever it was, cobbled together from fieldstone and a few uh well-placed planks
1: you open the window and pray
0: well yeah or you know you took it outside Look, (laughs) I know that this is uh, not comfortable and sometimes it can be dangerous and it's rather unseemly really unseemly because today I saw a school crossing guard wearing a thong Uh, so you see this is how hot it is an indication now I'm not sure that that particularly ties into the school issue maybe in a very tertiary way. But let's just say, for the sake of the argument, there are some kids who are going out for football practice. What's going through their fool heads? You can't be slapping on the pads in this kind of weather. Or can you? I don't know. Is this where the coach decides who's a character and who's not? (laughs) Who can actually, you know, who who makes the team, who gets cut? Uh, Because you're sitting there and your tongue's hanging out. You know, this happened the other night at the U.S. Open, the tennis open in uh, Flushing Meadow, New York some of the players, uh, heat prostration, that kind of thing, it can be a serious concern. All right, on the serious matter uh, of the kids having to endure these things in school, this is what it's being uh, portrayed as. Uh, Doug Ford is a blue meanie. He cut back on the school, the $100 million earmarked for school repairs, which is apparently a drop in the bucket when you calibrate that a lot of schools already are in the double-digit in the millions of needed repairs so the backlog, according to some, uh, really runs about $16 billion in total. So the $100 million uh, may not have addressed everyone's concern. But still in all, you know, I'm thinking about how the school budgets uh, actually got misappropriated under the Wynne mcginty regime. They were the education people too, weren't they? What happened to that $500 million, the sweetener deal given to the teachers before the last election? Am I just making that up? <laughs> Uh, or is that something that could have perhaps been better and more purposefully earmarked for school repairs rather than making sure that the unions were on site? Which in the end was ironic because they weren't. They went over to Andrea Horvath. Uh, so they betrayed the liberals. We're going to open the lines and I'm going to ask you straight up, uh, if on this day, and maybe you've got a personal experience with your own child if you pick them up from school and uh, they will relate to you how hellish it was. It was an afternoon in Hades. Or is that something that They can tolerate, they can endure short-term misery, uh, but this is just the lay of the land, as we find it at present. Look, this backlog just didn't occur overnight, and suddenly landed in Doug Ford's lap, and uh, he's got to deal with it. This is dereliction of duty over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years possibly, but 15 for certain. So when Merritt Stiles, the NDP's education critic, weighs in, and she's come along with a lot of other groups, I guess uh, there have been some pieces in the paper today, uh, activist groups, saying that, uh, like, fix our schools. They've been barking about this for a while. In the wintertime, claiming that the kids have to uh, double up on the clothing, maybe wear coats in the school because they're freezing, there's not enough heat to warm the joint. Do you believe that this is something where our government, this is the current government, has dropped the ball by uh, discontinuing or at least cutting the repair backlog by a hundred million dollars? Or is it Just that they were handed this file, and uh, you got to make some kind of decisions prioritizing that you can't fill every hole in the dike because there's not enough money to do that. So if we're prioritizing, should the kids be a priority in this regard? Because, you know, when you do play that kid card, uh, it's very hard to argue against that. (laughs) You're not going to necessarily win that argument, but uh, when you look at how we got to this place, there might be a a rational perspective that you can arrive at.